the Messy Walk podcast with Pastor Adam Cook, where our goal is to have a genuine and authentic conversation about the Christian faith journey and what a messy walk with Jesus really looks like. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome, everybody, to the Messy Walk podcast. This is episode 45, and today I am here with a very, very, very special guest, my friend, Bay Harville. Bay, say hey. Hi, That rhymed. Yeah. <laughs> my Bae, name rhymes hey. with lots of things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So this episode is going to be coming out on December 23rd. So if you're listening on the 23rd or around Christmas, we want to say Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Woo-hoo. Merry Christmas to everybody. <laughs> Um, we are so excited to have Bay with us today. Bay leads the online small group community at our church, and she also writes discussion questions for the small groups at our church as well. So she was like the perfect candidate, and we were trying to figure out who we were going to interview for these last two weeks of December, um, which that's kind of a sneak peek that we have another special guest next week. Um, but she was a perfect candidate for the podcast because she is typically every week diving deeper into topics and coming up with different questions and leading our online small group and discussions about what we talked about on Sunday. So we are so excited to have Bay with us today. So sweet. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're in a series right now talking about Christmas and how to get back to what Christmas is really supposed to be about and how we get distracted so often and we make it about things that it's not supposed to be about. You know, it can be positive things, it can be negative things. There's just a lot of distractions at this time of year. Mm-hmm. Like everybody that I've talked to lately has been like, I'm just so busy. I'm so busy. And I'm like, personally, I am also so busy. <laughs> so like, it can just be a very distracting season for yeah. sure. But before we get into all of that good stuff for today, Bay, why don't you tell us a little about yourself so we can get to know you? Okay. Well, um, I was born in Reedsville, North Carolina, um, but I was raised in Ruffin. Uh, so i Basically grew up in the woods. Hey, what? <laughs> yes. Um, I loved growing up there, though. It was very just simple, and it was awesome. Right. Um, That's cool. Yeah. So anyway, I am a stay-at-home mom and a homemaker Aww. and a wannabe super wife. You are. I am I sure you are. Just try. from our conversation we had before we recorded this, oh. I bet you are a super wife. Sweet. Um, <laughs> I'm also an artist. Um, I dabble uh-huh. in all kinds of different things. So um, cool. I've done some artwork for the church. Um, and I do run some other little small groups. I run a small group on Facebook just for some women who go to several different churches, but it's cool. basically like a wife small group um, called Disciple Wives. So oh, wow. That's I awesome. I didn't yeah. know you did that. Yeah. Um, I just marriage is like big on my heart like yeah I think God's just I don't know maybe he's using me (laughs) a little bit for just speaking to wise I hope he is but yeah absolutely and I also run a support page for Christian wives with unbelieving husbands wow so anyway that's awesome that's how I spend my time you run a lot of different (laughs) things I was actually also going to ask you about the art stuff because I knew that you had done a few projects at the church so I wanted to ask like just a random question like what's your favorite medium would that be the right word yes yeah okay Um, so I'm actually what you would call a mixed media artist okay cool my favorite thing to do is to use several different types of media within within one painting um watercolor and acrylic paint are my favorite to use but I also really like using ink right um 
and like gluing random stuff to a canvas. <laughs> I think that's so cool. I admire people who do artwork and stuff like that oh, so much because yeah. it does not, that is not the gift that God has given me. <laughs> I wish it was, but it is not. He has gifted me in other ways and that's okay. Yeah. But I wish that I could like draw and do all kinds of cool stuff like that because I yeah. love watching people like just create things. I think it it's can so definitely, cool. it's really relaxing like when you can get into just a mode and just let yourself do I don't yes. you know what I mean yes um, yeah anyway yeah I really so enjoy cool. it and I've, been, I've also gotten into like baking and making preserves and all those little like housewifey types. you are a super wife <laughs> what I'm hearing right now is yes you you have achieved the status it's of well, super and wife I live on a farm so so cool it's just I feel like that was kind of just the natural thing do you guys have do. like farm animals yeah so we uh, I guess I should have definitely said that when no, I was introducing that's okay. myself, we're getting there <laughs> yeah so I live on my family's um cattle farm and cool. it's a grain farm as well yeah. so we raise beef cattle and we grow all different kinds of grain um barley and wheat and corn and all that good jazz right. um yeah and we we have like a huge blueberry patch in our backyard oh neat like it's too many blueberries. Oh, I love blueberries. I just ate way too many of them yes. earlier today. Well, can you please come help me next year when they come back out because it's yeah. too many. So this oh, past man. year, I got into like making pre- blueberry preserves and so all that cool. kind of stuff. So cool. Wow. You're yeah. a very talented woman. Oh, you do thanks, all the things. <laughs> all the things. So as we get into this topic about Christmas and whatnot, Bay, can you tell us personally how Christmas has been difficult for you, like with getting distracted with the wrong things, whether it's positive things or negative things, stuff like that? Um, So just a little bit more of a piece of background to set that up. Um, I'm a a celebrator. I love to celebrate like anything you give in front of me to celebrate your birthday. (laughs) I don't care your achievement, whatever happened, like I'm into it. Let's make a big deal about it. Let's do the thing. Right. So Christmas has always been just a big deal for me. I love Christmas. Yeah. Everybody around me is like, I don't feel like putting my Christmas tree up. And I'm like, me, I'll do it. Give me the things. Where's your stuff? Like, <laughs> right. I'll do it for you. Yeah. Oh. Um, so I worked retail for 10 years. Okay. And I, I think I kept my Christmas spirit up for a good long time during that 10 years. But right. just towards the end of it, it really... I found myself not being excited about Christmas anymore. Mm. And that like that really sucked because like I said, a, a big part of me is I'm a celebrator. I loved it. So right. for my Christmas spirit to be getting sapped, it was like, whoa, this this is a big part of me. What's happening? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think a lot of it was just a lot of that time I spent in retail, I was the manager of whatever retail place it was. Right. Um, so there's just there's so much that goes into preparing the signage and the promotions and all the merchandise I can and only imagine hiring people and training them and just it's wow. so much yeah. like so you you have that daunting oh gosh this is coming up right. <laughs> you know and then on top of that people just dealing with the general public so people hard. get so mean and irritated and just I feel like they know that retail workers can't really say anything back sometimes. And so they kind of use that as an opportunity to get They know their... the customer's always right. <laughs> so right. <laughs> um, so they use that opportunity to kind of let a little bit of their steam off, you know, yeah. on people who they know can't fight back pretty, yeah. pretty much. It was just a lot of grinning and bearing it and 
It's people hard. being mean. I had things thrown at me and just Oh my god. Just you get the ugly. You see a lot of ugly during right. the holidays from people when you work in retail. Right. Um so I think that just seeing all that ugly yes. <laughs> every year and especially during Christmas because of what you know it's supposed to mean and then you just see all this ugly from people and it right. just really it breaks your heart and it saps it out of you. Yes. <laughs> like all of your happy cheery stuff just is like Right. <laughs> just <Yeah>. gone. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, I think that my focus became my scenario, my situation, what I, what was going on, my circumstances. It, yeah. That was, at that point, all I could think about was right. what I was going through at that time yeah. and what was about to happen, you know. Yes, what was coming. Black Friday and just, Woo. and then too. As a manager, you didn't get those days off coming up to Christmas. Like the so- the sooner to Christmas it was, the more you had to work. So yeah. I missed a ton of family get-togethers, and it was just I, I didn't like it, man. <laughs> and then all the returns after it's not even like Christmas comes and it's all oh, over. Then you no, have to deal with all the returns. Yeah, it just goes on for weeks. They give you this like enormous cleaning list to take care of right after Christmas. It's oh not even gosh. like okay, take a break. And they're like, nope, get up in the in the ceiling and dust the ceiling, like. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you're like, what? Stuff. Like, what? That's insane. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. Wow. Super fun. Wow. I can imagine, too. I mean, if you're surrounded by, you know, all the negativity and stuff like that, it's hard to just keep your head up. It's hard to, like you said, keep that Christmas spirit, you exactly. know, keep your heart and mind focused on, like, the reason that we celebrate Christmas in mm-hmm. general when you're just surrounded by a lot of, um, I guess what you could say, like greed and just general unhappiness. Impatience and yeah. just, just all of that stuff. Yeah. And then you, you get so peopled out by the end of the day. You don't want to talk to anybody when you get home. Like, oh, yeah. I don't want to go nowhere. I don't want to talk to anybody. Right. <laughs> I just want to like curl up on the couch right. and not be bothered. You know this makes I mean? me want to go like hug a retail worker right now. Like, I'm just going to drive to Target <laughs> after this. please go hug some retailers. They need it. Tell them thank you they for what they're it. doing. Yes. They're the unsung heroes of this season. <laughs> exactly, yes, they are. Oh, man. So after having everything with retail just kind of drain that Christmas spirit that you had, when did things change for you from having your Christmas spirit drained to getting back to what Christmas is really about? So when I had my little boy, Jack, mm-hmm. um, he is two years old. Aww. just turned two years old in, in November. Um Aww. When I had him, I left retail um, and became a stay-at-home mom. Uh, so obviously, getting out of the public definitely helped. And yeah. then obviously, you know, I've got this beautiful, brilliant, incredible little boy, and you can see the Christmas lights sparkle in his eyeballs Aww. as he looks. You know, you got all those warm fuzzies going, yes. which obviously played a big part in it. But I think the main thing... Because like I said before, it was mostly about the fact that I was focused on my circumstances. Yeah. Um, the main thing I think it, that it happened when I had Jack was I learned how sinful I was. Like, mm. I, you see that you're not capable, basically. Like, it, mm. it takes your self-worship away. Mm. Um, when you realize that you've come to the end of yourself and you've got something in front of you that you have to do, like... You have to care for this little boy. You have to mother him. You have to nurture him and right. and be a wife and, you know, do all these things. Um, and you just feel like you can't. Yeah. You witness God 
like puppet you <laughs> almost. Like there were times when I just felt so incapable and so unworthy and without anything to give. I felt like God would like puppet me across the floor to go <laughs> do something for Jack or, right. you know, my husband needs something and everything in me is going, no, <laughs> right. I just want to sit down. Like, but I, I literally felt times where I just felt like God had me by little puppet strings, right. like taking me across the floor. So, right. like I said, you just, you come to the end of yourself, you become the bottom of your priority list. Right. And I think your flesh fights that hard yeah. because your flesh wants self-worship. It oh, wants yeah. it's you focused. me. And yes. Exactly. And becoming a mom and making being a wife your priority and a good wife your priority and trying to show your family Christ, like <laughs> priority list number bottom is right. where you go. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> the absolute bottom of the list. Wow. Yes, yes. So um, like I said, just just witnessing that, witnessing God pour his love and provision and strength out on you, it makes you take your focus off yourself. It makes you stop worshiping yourself because you realize you can't do it. You're not doing it. Yeah. And you can see what is doing it and you right. can feel what is doing it. Right. And I think, you know, for me at least, it made me go, wow, you love me so much. I need to know more about you. I need to get more intimate with you. Like, because at yeah. that point I was already a Christian and and a pretty solidly in depth one too. Like, right. you know, I wasn't just a get out of free hell card in my pocket type Christian. Like, right. I was I was trying to do the thing. Right. But that just coming to the my, my rope like that, mm-hmm. it made me go like, okay, I gotta I gotta know this guy more. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I gotta get more intimate with him. I've gotta. Yeah. Yeah, just know more about yeah. him. So Yeah. So what did you do to start learning more about him? What like what direction did you take? Did you start reading your Bible more? Did you start praying more? A little bit of all of it, you know? Yeah, all, all the things. Um, but I think one thing that I've really enjoyed <laughs> uh in getting to know Jesus is or getting to know him more is learning about like Hebrew traditions and background and just Jewishness. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. No, no. So learned right now. But, no, you um, sound great. <laughs> but no, just, I mean, when you get to know somebody for the first time, what's one of the first things you ask them? Where are you from? Where are you from? Yeah. I so, just did that with you earlier. Exactly. I just right told you I'm from recording. Right. Yeah, so, um, that tells you something about somebody, right? Yeah. Where are they from? Um, and I know that, you know, obviously Jesus is from heaven. Right. But... Jesus was fully God and fully man. Yeah. Um, so his man side mm-hmm. is Jew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also, you know, you you read through the Old Testament, and there's a lot of stuff that you don't pick up on because you don't understand the culture from which it's being given. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like cultural terms and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so anyway, I think that... Learning about all that kind of stuff really gave me a whole new perspective on some of the things that are said. And obviously right. just getting to know Jesus more. Absolutely. Um, I did have a scripture, uh, yeah. John 1, 1 and 14, mm-hmm. just about the whole like fully God and fully man thing. Yeah. Um, In the beginning was the word and the word was God and 
the Word was with God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Mm. So anyway, um, not to say that I think that everybody should have to know about Jews to know about Jesus. That's just right. that's just the route that I kind of was led to, and I think yeah. some of that happened with um, Adam. He does some of that stuff. Uh, he'll he'll talk about like the Hebrew original context of a word, yeah. Or um, you know this this certain thing was going down when this was said, and this is how the Jews understood it because of this. And so anytime he said something like that, I'd be like, Oh, that's so cool! You're like hanging on to all of <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And then, um, my dad a few years back started my uh, blood dad. I'm from a divorced family, so sometimes I'll be talking about my dad and I'm talking about my dad. Right, <laughs> right, right. Sometimes I'm talking about my dad, dad. Anyway, we're my, tracking with you. <laughs> my dad, dad um, started learning about the different feast days and all that kind of stuff. And so as he was kind of sending me that information and I'm learning a little bit that way, I would go back and read certain parts of the Bible and be like, oh, that's what they're talking about right here. Right. Like, you know, so it just, it just broadens your perspective yeah. when you're going through and reading it. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So if I can, I would like to tell you about the Jewish wedding tradition. Yes. I want to hear about this. Bay. So when we <laughs> reached out to Bay and we were like, do you want to do the podcast? She was like, yes, I have something on my heart that I really want to share. And I was like, yes, absolutely. We're doing it because it really it ties in with everything that we're talking about because this is how, you know, this is part of your story about how you, you know, got back into like not just the Christmas spirit, but how you found like joy again, it sounds exactly. like. so. Yes. So, yeah. Yes. Share with us what you've learned recently, what God has put okay. on your heart to share. Yeah. So, I'm, I mean, I'm obviously not an expert. So, if Jew people, if I mess something up, my be, y'all. I'm trying. She's just trying. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thought that counts. At least she's trying. Okay. Um, it's going to be great. Okay. So, when it starts out, uh, it's basically the proposal is the groom-to-be or the bridegroom is what you call it in, like, Bible terms, mm-hmm. uh, would knock on the bride-to-be's father's door. Mm -hmm. If the father opens the door to the knock, he is basically accepting a marriage proposal. Oh, wow. Yeah. All by opening the door. So you better know who's at the door. You better know who's at the door. (laughs) You better know what they want. Right, right, right. (laughs) You better have a peephole or something. Right. Anyway, so yeah, if you open the door, that is an acceptance to the marriage proposal. Um, They set the price for the bride. Um, and if everybody is in agreement and they all want this thing to go down, um, they share a meal to basically seal a deal. And usually that meal would consist of bread and wine. Right. Um, now this is like our being engaged, Mm -hmm. except a bit more permanent. Like at this point, if they don't get married, they have to do a divorce. Oh, wow. So it's not just, let me take my ring off and throw it at them. I ain't doing this. It's, right. You have to go through the whole divorce thing at this right. point. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, wow. yeah. So once all of that is settled and established, the groom-to-be uh, goes back to his father's house to prepare a place for he and his bride to live. Uh, he s- learns about being a father and head of household and being a husband and all these things. Um, as he's building the place for he and his bride to live. And the bride is preparing her wedding garments and learning about how to be a wife and how to be a mother. And typically, the husband and wife would send letters back to themselves. So she's kind of learning who her husband is, what he likes, how to best serve him, 
how to please him, all these other things. Right. Um, now, the father of the groom is the one who determines exactly when the groom goes back to fetch the bride. Right. So the bride doesn't know exactly when her husband is coming. She has a vague idea. Usually it was about a year, um, but she had like a couple week or maybe couple month window as to when she could be expecting her husband. Yeah. But essentially she had to be ready at any given moment. Um, so when the father of the groom is like, yep, you're ready, son, go get your girl. Um, he gathers up all his buddies and they have basically a parade Oh wow! coming down the street and there's trumpets being blown and people are singing and shouting and it's just like this whole big hoot and holler. Right. So this whole time, again, this is before like uh, way before text messages right. and phone calls and all <laughs> way this kind of before, stuff. Yeah. yeah. So her only indication that her husband is coming is the sound of trumpets. Wow. Does any of that stuff sound familiar to you? Yes. <laughs> it sounds very familiar the whole time. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Um, that sounds like this. That sounds like this. Right. So, yeah. So when um, when Jesus is sitting around with his disciples and everybody else who's listening and they're asking him about, like, hey, what's the end of day is going to be like? What is this? What is this all going to be about? He uses a ton of covenant language when he's talking about that. He uses right. a ton of these marital terms when he's talking about, like, I prepare a place for you in my father's house and you know that I'm coming back for you and all this stuff. Oh, I forgot that part. So going back a little bit, mm-hmm. the husband, before he leaves to go back to his father's house, mm-hmm. he gives the wife a gift as well. Besides the price that he paid for the bride, he gives the wife a gift mm-hmm. and it's basically an assurance that I'm coming back for you. Wow. So, oh my gosh. <laughs> You're blowing my mind it's, right now. Uh, it's so beautiful. I just I think it's so beautiful because we get we see this whole thing played out for us in the Bible. Mm-hmm. We open the door when he knocks to accept his proposal of the yes. covenant. He shares a meal with us. Yeah. Um I'm blanking. What's the thing that we do with the blood and the <laughs> What? Communion. Oh ah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So we do communion in remembrance. I didn't know which one. Of, Sorry. I was like, I was like trying to. I was like, what do we do with blood? blood? <laughs> Sorry. Keep going. <laughs> communion. Yes. Yes. So we we do communion all the time to remember this meal that he shared with his disciples. That reminds us of the meal that seals the deal between you know him and the wife and the yeah. and the father. Wow. Yeah. He leaves us his Holy Spirit as a gift to remind us that he's coming back for us. He goes to his father's house to prepare a place for us. He pays the price for us with his blood on the cross. <laughs> like it's it's just all these things that line up. Um, Incredible. And we, you know, you you hear we're the bride of Christ. You you know you've heard that probably a million times. That's not the only place in the Bible that this covenant language is used. But yeah. but that's the role that we play. We're the bride of Christ as the church. So our role is to learn about Him. Learn what pleases him learn what is helpful to him learn how to help him keep up his kingdom yeah like the most high king is our bridegroom yeah (laughs) like what (laughs) that that blows my mind yes Um, it's insane so that's what we're supposed to be doing here while we wait for him to come back for us we're supposed to be learning about him how to please him yeah how to help him um and we're supposed to be listening out for the sound of trumpets. Yeah. 
because that's how we know he's coming back for us. Right. <laughs> that's so cool. It blows my mind. Um, and so if anything is taken from from that story, what I'm trying to basically say is instead of spending your time focused on your circumstances, how hard things are, how hectic things are, how mean people are, all these things that are going on around us right now with all this mess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all the, the craziness. All the mess yes. in the world. Take your eyes off of that and put your eyes on your bridegroom. Learn about him. Open your Bible. The whole Bible points to Jesus. You open your Bible at any place in there and you will learn something else about him, yes. <laughs> about Jesus. Yeah. So put your focus on that. Put yeah. your focus on learning about Jesus. And I think that that is how you can improve your Christmas this year. <laughs> I, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. That is amazing. So I want to backtrack just a little bit. Absolutely. Because one of the things um, in that, both in like what Jesus says and in um, like the the Jewish customs, mm-hmm. so not just Jesus using that as an example, but like also in the customs, it says that the bride has to be ready at any time. Yes. What would you say personally for you? How do we stay ready? What does it look like to stay ready? Am um, I putting you two on the spot? No, is this okay? Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. I think um, dressing yourself, the Bible talks about uh, making sure that you are clothed in compassion, mm. kindness, gentleness, humility, patience. That is our wedding garments. Yeah. Because you know you're sitting, the bride is sitting at home making her wedding dress. And so that's that's what we're supposed to be doing yes. too, is making making our wedding dress, making ourselves more pleasing for him and that takes obviously staying in the word yeah that's our how-to book and also our what's our bridegroom like book right Right. (laughs) that's our letters back and forth between me and jesus right um so just just like i said staying in the word learning more about him um yeah yeah keeping the flame in your heart for him exactly keeping it going yeah because you got to pick that lamp up at any moment and go out and meet your husband in the middle of the woods Right. <laughs> That's so funny. Yes. Well, you know, because the tradition, too, is like oftentimes they come out in the middle of the night. So yeah. literally homegirl would be probably asleep and have to be like, oh, I hear trumpets. Let me get my stuff together. Right. Get about the so I got to roll like, out. Yes. Yeah. So we. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. That is so yeah. good. So encouraging. Yeah. Such a perfect reminder for this season. Just don't focus on the things going on on around you. Pause. Focus on Jesus. Exactly. That's. Awesome. I mean, because you think about what your focus is on and what your mind is always on, and yeah. that's essentially what you're worshiping. Yeah. So if you're always worshiping your circumstances, then you're worshiping yourself, and yeah. that is the easiest thing the devil can get you to do. He doesn't have to get you to worship him. He just needs to get you distracted. That's exactly it. So yep. if we can keep ourselves from being distracted and focus yeah. on our bridegroom, it's going to be a great Christmas. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it will be what we've been saying at church, the best Christmas ever. The best Christmas <laughs> ever. Exactly. Oh, thank yes. you for sharing that. So just as we start to wrap up, I just have a few fun, random questions about Christmas. Fun. Do you have a favorite Christmas tradition from your childhood or like currently that you do or one that's carried on throughout all the years? <laughs> um, Kind of not really, kind of a bummer, but I mean, no, like okay. I said before, I, I'm a big Christmas tree decorator. So oftentimes 
my grandparents would have me decorate their Christmas tree or whatever. Right. And so now, obviously, I decorate my own or, you know, we do with the family. Yes. Um, I want to start adding more traditions in as Jack gets a little older, like maybe yeah. doing a Christmas game night or Aww. hot chocolate or whatever. I mean, yes. there is like I have to watch Rudolph, the old school Old school. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> the Red News Reindeer. I got to watch that. Yeah. And I got to watch National Lampoons. Oh, yes. Classics. Classics. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so man. I got to watch those. Um, that's about it. Would you say one of those is your favorite Christmas movie? Or is there a different <sighs> See, Christmas movie that's your the favorite? The Rudolph one is like childhood yes. reminiscence. But I probably enjoy watching Lampoons more. Yes. <laughs> so I don't know. It's kind of hard to pick between yeah. the two. It's like nostalgia versus fun. I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. I'm with you. Yeah. That's awesome. Those are two solid choices for favorite Christmas yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, can you think of the best gift you've ever received or ever given at Christmas? So you posted that on the Union page or the Union Facebook. Yes. And so I'm sitting there thinking, like, what is the best gift? I've received, and it just goes back to what Adam was saying um, in one of the sermons that he did recently about like you don't remember what you get for Christmas. Yes, you don't at (laughs) all. I really don't. But there is one that I remember um, making things serious again. My my papa um, died a couple years ago, but the last Christmas present that he gave me was a pair of muck boots. I don't know if everybody knows what muck boots are, but. Around here in the country with the farmers. Yes, they're like really tall boots, <laughs> right? Like, well, they don't have to necessarily be tall, tall, but they are, they're very thick, like rubber, like thick, think rain boot, but like gotcha. heavy duty rain boot. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's basically for walking around in the muck or in our case, cow poop. Um, right. So anyway, when <laughs> I know that sounds like, okay, you got muck boots, cool. But it to me, it was like, an acceptance into the family and onto the yeah. farm kind of thing. Like, yeah. because this papa I'm talking about is my stepdad's dad. Right. So I got adopted into that family and yeah. into that farm life, you know, because I definitely didn't come from, well, I wasn't rough and we grew up in the woods, but not on a farm. Totally mm. different thing. Yeah. So anyway, when he gave me those monk boots, I kind of felt like it was just like a, you belong here, you're part of this now Yeah. kind of thing. So anyway. Right. That's so cool. That is very, that's a sentimental gift. And I feel like the gifts that typically stick with us more aren't just like the, oh, I got a new phone. It's like the gifts that really stick with you are the ones that have like sentimental value. And sometimes it's not even like a physical gift. It's just something special that you do during the holiday season, like traditions or Mm -hmm. things like that. Just knowing that people care and stuff like that. So, well, Bay, thank you so much (laughs) for joining us today. I can't believe I didn't cry. You did totally amazing. If funny. you cry, it's totally cool. I'm you gonna know? cry right now. <laughs> Just to get one cry in before we end the podcast. <laughs> oh man, thank you for joining us. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your heart and for taking yeah. the time just to hop on with us for a little while. And thank you everybody for listening to this episode. Um, be sure to check us out on social media, share with your friends. And again, this episode is coming out the week of Christmas. So Merry Christmas, everybody. We hope you guys all have a really great Christmas with your loved ones. We will be back. Let me try that again. (laughs) We will be back next week with another episode. Um, and we'll have another special guest next week. So be sure to tune in for that and we will talk to you soon. Bye everybody. Thank you for joining us on the Messy Walk podcast with Pastor Adam Cook. 
Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. Have a good day.